welcome everybody to the first ever college rugby wrap-up podcast episode of our podcast that's right nobody else is doing it we are so early to the podcast game right uh no obviously not but we're here we're finally getting into the space uh we're gonna be providing some audio content on the college rugby side of things same exact coverage level um but just kind of a different format for you guys try out some new stuff and to keep it consistent, I'm obviously here with uh, the co-host extraordinaire, Colby Marshall. Colby, you happy to happy to be back? Dude, Zach, thank you for diving into my podcast space. I've been doing <laughs> this for a while now. Uh, thank you for thank you for trying this out. I'm really excited. There are a lot of things to look forward to uh, in terms of the college game coming up in the next few weeks. So I can't wait to shoot the shoot the stuff with you on this pod. And I do want to say also for our our hundreds and thousands of fans of the drink up, the drink up's not dead. It's not completely gone. We're kind of reworking, reformatting the way that we as rugby wrap up kind of put out our content. Uh, so that will be back in some form or fashion. We're going to try and figure out a way to work that in. Uh, but for now, you'll be getting your college rugby content from the college rugby wrap up feed. We will also have Josh on this podcast. He couldn't make it for this episode, Colby. He told me to tell you he's still out there looking for some Iona gear to wear, and he just couldn't show his face on the podcast before he was able to to wear his Iona stuff. You know what? I, I give up with Josh. That's a flat out <laughs> lie. He's not looking for anything Iona related. But yes, like uh, Zach said, the drink up is officially in the lab, getting some work in, getting some reps in, getting better. So stay tuned. I got to get in the lab myself. I got to get, I got to start getting some reps, some podcast reps. Colby giving I, me uh, tips I, beforehand. I can, be, I can be your personal trainer, Zach. There we go. I just started things. personal training. Very which yeah. is, How's that which going? is actually a great career. If anybody out there is interested in personal training, um, if you can find an Equinox club, that's a great place to start. <laughs> they give you a lot of leads. It, it, it's a, it's a nice place. Can't believe you're using um, our first ever episode to plug your new employer. You got to just start throwing out free advertising for people like that, Colby. Health is wealth, man. Health <laughs> is wealth. No, it's very true. Very good. And we're going to have a lot of, of rugby stuff coming at you. Hopefully garner some ad bucks going forward. But uh, we are going to have a, an episode every Wednesday leading up from now until the MLR draft on August 18th. Um, that's going to be a huge, obviously one of the bigger days on the college rugby calendar in the U S uh, that's been going for, you know, a few consecutive years now, I feel like just gets better every year. Um, and then we're going to try and have some sort of live reaction show during the draft. If we can get our stuff together for that Colby, I think that could be fun. Um, so I yeah, will try to do something along those lines. And then we will be coming then to you every week until it feels like forever. Uh, with college rugby content. Once the season gets started, we'll have some previews before the games start coming with you too. Uh, maybe once a week, possibly twice a week. Who knows? It's all up in the air. Uh, but we will be coming to you uh, regularly with college content, Colby. And it's uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun time. Super pumped, dude. Super pumped. What would you say is your kind of favorite part of, of the draft process or about the draft itself? Or what are you most looking forward to this year? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a huge event, I think. Yeah, it's going to be a huge event, something I'm really excited for, something everybody across, I think the MLR college rugby landscape is excited for, especially having, especially after having a full 15th season this past fall, you know, when you think back to 2020 and everything that happened that year, we weren't able to see a lot of teams compete um, leading up to that 2021 MLR draft. But now I think we're in a position where we might see the best draft to date. Like we 
are going to know who's ready to go pro and who's not. You know, we've seen so much of these players during the fall and even during the CRCs, even though it's a different game at the sevens level, you know, the players being on that stage, it's just another way for scouts to scout them and another way for them to get looks from the MLR scouts. So I can't wait. And I'll tell you, Zach, uh, whoever is going to be on the draft as a player is going to have a lot to live up to after what Connor Mooneyham did last year, because he did a phenomenal job as a analyst in last year's draft. So whoever's going to be on it this year has a uh, tall task ahead of them. You are absolutely right, Colby. He blew me away. I was so, I was shocked. I was like, oh man, like I, they got him on like number one pick last year, obviously. Like, is this really, is he going to be good? What does he want to do? And he was awesome. He, it was, yeah. it was, it was so, he had such good insight and all that stuff. I hope they bring him back, but yeah, you're right. Whoever they, they bring on him, if it's not oh. him, you know, it's some big shoes to fill because he was, he killed it. I don't know. Do you think he's better at like playing than, or should you just quit now and go into broadcasting? What do you think? <laughs> I think he's got uh, a long, long, long career ahead of <laughs> ahead of him. So I, I think he's got plenty of time before he has to think about that. Maybe, maybe have the reigning rookie of the year for the past season, Tavita Lepetti from the Seattle Seawolves. I would you know, love to see that. what he can do behind a mic. He's good at everything else. So I would imagine he'd probably be good at, uh, although he may still be smarting from that, that tough matchup against Chile. I don't know. Might be good to get over that loss though, to get out and just be on TV and talk about some, uh, some exciting college prospects though. Yeah. I mean, after all, he, he did go third overall last year. So it might spring back some good memories having him on. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of, uh, like you said, a lot of good players that come through this draft and kind of, Going off of your point as well, it's tough for these MLR franchises to scout players in regular years, you know, like even with all this rugby that has been played this year that we've covered extensively, every tournament that happened every, you know, um, fall and spring season, all-star games, it's just a lot of rugby happening and it's tough to kind of keep tabs on those guys. So there are these events that pop up that I think are super helpful kind of in the college off season in the summer here that are really important for the franchises and for the players themselves to kind of get even extra, you know, cracks at, at the app or bites at the apple, extra FaceTime in front of these MLR programs. We talked to, uh, you know, friend of the pod, Chris Matina last year about a combine event that he ran for the MLR. Um, and I think that there was another one, you know, there was the collegiate uh, shield game as well, kind of like the senior bowl uh, for some, for some college players uh, to get another crack at it. Sebastiano Villani from uh, St. Bonaventure actually played really well in that game. And I think maybe raised his stock uh, in the draft, but you know, one of the ones that has just happened recently uh, this, this past weekend, actually, or maybe two weekends ago, depending on when we release this was uh, the rugby showcase that, you know, it's in its second year um, and is just a great event uh, a lot of MLR participation in that, you know, they had a documentary made about the first year on the rugby network. Um, and it's kind of like a really legit combine where they do 40 times and they do bench press tests, and then you're able to do some skills work in front of coaches too. So any, any event like that, I think is, is going to be a boon to literally any player. They had over a hundred guys at the rugby showcase this year. And, you know, the, a coach might see something that they would not have gotten from tape or something like that. Colby, you know, like the, do, do you think that these events are, or maybe a little too much, or you think it's helpful to have these kinds of things for players? Oh, it's incredibly helpful. It gives them something to play for, you know, when they enroll at these programs, enroll at these colleges, um, when you know that, hey, down the line, I can participate 
in something like the rugby showcase. And, um, you know, if I could get myself there, do what I need to do during my four years at college and put myself in a position to get selected uh, for events like that, I can have a chance to play in the MLR, which is honestly a lot of um, is the goal for a lot of these players coming up in America at this point in time. So it's incredibly helpful. It's fun to watch. And, you know, you think about Caleb Strum, who ran an incredibly fast 40 time last year and rose his stock a ton. And it's just, that's what you want to see. Um, those opportunities given uh, to guys that could fly under the radar. Um, that's what you love to see. That's how the game's going to grow. Yeah, Caleb, from kind of a, a not a traditional powerhouse program uh when you think of the rugby landscape like a lindenwood or a life from the university of alabama which obviously a powerhouse and maybe every other sport um in, in the country but yeah but not a top flight program probably didn't have a lot of of game film but blew everybody away at last year's rugby showcase and went in the first round so they have a really great record uh, of getting guys drafted especially last year uh was the first year they did it they they got some some numbers that we'll talk about later because we're you're we're kind of focusing our first episode here on these pre-draft programs and on the rugby showcase and we have Brendan Shea uh, from Rugby Pick'em, uh, who is kind of a rugby lifer, is involved with some of the pieces like the Denver Barbarians as well. Um, but, you know, he'll be here. He was at the showcase in Colorado, uh, has been has worked both past showcases. Um, he's going to kind of give us uh, some perspective on, on what went down this year some of the top players, things like that. So I'm really excited to kind of to hear about, uh, you know, how that showcase went. Uh, couldn't get up to Denver for it, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, that that may be an event we have to check out some point in the future. Too far of a drive from Maine, Zach? <laughs> a little bit, just a tad. Um, just a tad bit. Drive would be tough. Flight, You know, with flights these days, they're so unreliable. We can't get out there. Um, but if we plan a little bit better next year, maybe we can uh, – make the trip out. Cause that would be, that would be a lot of fun. It seemed like a great, I mean, watching the documentary last year, they had Ben Foden go out and it seemed like it was a pretty cool, pretty cool experience. So don't choke. It's the first episode. Don't <laughs> choke on your words. Don't get nervous. Right. I'm already sweating. We got to act like we've been here before though. I'm glad we did the drink up. It's kind of like a little uh, preseason for this. You'd say. Definitely. Definitely. Super pumped though. Can't wait to talk to Brendan. Yeah. All right. With that, let's bring on Brendan Shea of Rugby Pick'em, and we'll ask him some questions about this year's Rugby Showcase. All right. We are here with uh, Brendan Shea from Rugby Pick'em. Brendan, welcome in. How does it feel to be the first ever guest on the College Rugby Wrap-Up podcast? Are you honored? Are you uh, overwhelmed? What, what are your emotions right now? First off, Colton's, sorry, Colby. There's another guy I podcasted with named Colton, but this is Colby and Zach, the heart and soul of the college rugby scene. I'm a huge fan. I listen to your guys' pod, so I'm kind of in a fanboy uh, position right now, but I'll do my best just to relay the facts and say how honored I'm here to be on the show. We are super happy to have you. Uh, that means a lot to us. Uh, we're blown away by that. Uh, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll get right into some, some stuff here. We got you on to talk about uh, you know, the rugby showcase that you were just a part of here before we get into that, though, you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do with rugby and how you kind of got into rugby and what your rugby life has been like so far. Just right now I'm with the, uh, Barbo sevens, um, program traveling out to Utah to plan our second qualifier and sharing the van with some lovely individuals, uh, about seven hours into the ride, but we're almost there. Um, 
And then where, where did I start in rugby? I mean, I don't want to talk too much about myself, but I was lucky enough to learn the game in Australia. Um, when I came back home from that, my high school had it. So I played a Fairfield prep in Connecticut. Um, Austin Ryan, I know, has been in and out of the, uh, the rugby wrap-up world, the, the coach of Fairfield U. He's a friend of mine. But um, after that, landed in Denver with the Denver Barbarians. I've been here 10 years. I had a decent playing career, but now I'm an old fart. I'm retired. Um, I'm an organizer, a coach, a manager, a glue guy, whatever you want to call me. Um, so I'm kind of trying to stay in the game, but uh, my playing days are over. Really quick, Brendan, talk about, you mentioned your um, your introduction into high school a little bit when you came back from Australia. Talk about your confidence level at that point coming from outside of the U.S., learning different nuances of rugby, and then going into high school and applying it all there. Talk about what your state of mind was at that point as a freshman. Okay, I'm glad you asked because even just a little bit of experience, I think, is a huge like booster in confidence. Sometimes when you start high school, there's people that have a baseline of skill and some that have absolutely none at all. So you're kind of that facilitator, and I certainly enjoyed that role. So let's talk about – what well, we got you on here to talk about, we're headed into the MLR draft coming up on August 18th. And you were kind of there on the ground uh, for one of what is quickly becoming, I think, you know, one of the premier kind of pre-draft events uh, in on the college rugby landscape. Anyway, you got the second rugby showcase uh, happening this year. You know, the, the first rugby showcase was a pretty unqualified success. I think you got 14 players who were part of that showcase that went in the, in the draft in that following summer, you know, uh, first and second round players, first, and second round talent. Talk a little bit about what this year's experience was like. You think you'll, you'll see that again. You think we'll see that again with some of the players that are going to get drafted that come out of the showcase showed what they did. Yeah. Right. So anytime you put on an event, what's, what's the goal, what's the mission and can you follow through on that? I certainly feel like Mike Brown and the TRS guys did that, right? We had an event. There was great rugby being played, and it aligned with the Eagles game, um, which is always good. I think stacking events is always an important thing in USA rugby, and having the Eagle game right after that um, was something that was important, right? Um, it helps gain momentum and, and gather a crowd and, Saturday morning when it was time to scrimmage and, and really see what the guys had. There was, there was quite a, you know, a showcase to be had. Um, there were ex Eagles in the crowd. There were team scouts kind of looking for the next big thing. Um, I'm a pretty brutal evaluator. So I think there were three groups of kids. There were the guys who were studs who are going to get drafted. There was a group that had absolutely no business being there. Maybe some older 30 somethings hanging on uh, and there's everybody in the middle, which I think is really the sweet spot. Um, and where I personally was talking with people about, you know, Hey, if you don't get drafted, there's club rugby opportunities. And there's a lot of those guys that find themselves there, you know, maybe they get drafted, but then they get offered like an Academy spot for less money. Um, I can tell you that all the players, uh, uh, when I asked them what their goal was, was MLR bust. I don't know if that's a good thing that every single player out there wants to go to the MLR. Maybe it's a goal to aspire to, um, but it's certainly not realistic, right? You're not going to have a hundred kids get drafted. We just don't have the player talent pool for that. Um, but you guys know all the big names. Um, 
Colby and Zach, you've certainly been on the scene for a while. Um, there was one player I think that really stood out. His name rings a bell um, with the New Mexico Tech squad, Milan Van Dijk. Um, he is he is not a big rugby player, but man, he is fast. Um, and he was really pulling away from guys and, and making his speed known. But all, you know, before we dive into the players, I just want to say, all in all, um, the event was good. They had Friday as kind of their day for metrics. Um, and Saturday is just the day where, hey, we just want to see you play rugby. And they really rotated guys on and made sure everybody got minutes. Um, sometimes big hockey subs like that can lead to a little disjointed continuity at times. Um, but I think everybody got their, their fair take and their fair shot at it. Um, aside from 100 degrees in the smoking hot turf, um, it was a success, man. It was good. Yeah, it sounds like brutal conditions, uh, but you, you know we will. I do want to talk about some of the players, like you said. Uh, Van Week was obviously someone we watched all year, uh, and you had him on the site listed as a, a scrum half, which I thought was interesting as well. We saw him play a little bit of fullback, I think, on the wing and some of the other games as well. Um, but you know, tell me a little bit about the you know the importance of those skill sessions as well, and then the athletic testing. I mean, it really had like an NFL style combine you had there with with pretty much all the same drills plus the one rugby specialty, the Bronco. I mean, the, you, did some players stand out in those events as well? Show off some of their speed. I they asked me to run the L trip, um, started yelling and screaming, trying to help guys get better times. Um, but yeah, there was some really clear metrics. Of course, every guy wants to do the bench and run the 40, um, which isn't always super applicable to rugby. Uh, but at the same time, it, it probably feels good as a college kid, you know, to be judged and measured against your peers. Um, and everybody was asking me, oh, can I get another run? Can I beat my time? And I'm like, come on, give it a rest here. It's like, Take your time and move on. But yeah, man, it, it was really professional in the fact that you know, they delivered on giving everybody a look. And I think there's certain things that guys excel at, other things they struggle with. Um, but most rugby evaluators are waiting for that final day, right? Of, of can you play ball in open space? And can you make it work with teammates that you just met a couple days ago on a plane? Um, especially when it comes to halfbacks, I always look at that continuity. It's hard to expect a nine and 10 to just get chemistry immediately. But true leaders of men, right, can wrangle guys in and on a short notice and create some shape and structure on the field, which we started to see more as that uh, Saturday morning scrimmage was was carrying on. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of competitors, right? That's guys are there to try and stand out and puff their chest out. And man, they were going at it. And guys were swinging right down to the last to the last whistle. So it sounds like, in your opinion. Uh, more weight is given to, I guess, the performances of players in the scrimmages as opposed to the skill sessions. Because I was always curious as to what skill or what drills uh, would be most applicable to like saying, hey, this guy's, you know, could be a top prospect because he did so-and-so in the 40 or so-and-so in the L drill. Well, I think what happens, Colby, is they'll go ahead and grab all the metrics on day one um, and they'll get together and they'll kind of make up those scrimmaging teams based on who they think are the top ladder half players and then the bottom ladder half, right? They'll kind of use that break Friday night to say what would be the best matchups possible. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really hard to know who's going to translate. And 
organizing a hundred guys into game time over kind of that short two hour window can be tough. Um, but yeah, it, it's not that the metrics go unnoticed on Friday. I think that there are a lot of what the staff looks at for the Saturday matchups um, and making sure that you, you, you always want the best talent competing against themselves, right? There's no point in putting really unmatched teams out there. Um, so you kind of want to make sure that your, your top side group runs and you have a look and then maybe the next guys, but guys were, you know, cramping and hockey subs and, and going down with injury. I, and when it's hot weather like that, there's a bit of chaoticness, uh, but the Denver rugby community really stepped up um, and, and volunteered and made sure that, you know, applicable coaching was there and, People were just there supporting the players in general. And, you know, it's a conversation for another day, but everybody was fired up for the Eagles to go ahead and qualify. So there was a lot of rugby buzz Saturday morning. I think everybody was ready to throw their hand up and help out. Love that. Yeah. So now the uh, couple, you know, the, the stories that are kind of, uh, for me, sum up what the rugby showcase is kind of about from last year, actually, Caleb Strum from University of Alabama, you know, not a program, I guess you think of when you think of, you know, the necessarily the elite of, of rugby at the college level, obviously with your Lindenwoods and your life universities, things like that. Um, but somebody who went to the rugby showcase ran a four nine in the 40 meter dash, you know, the fastest time there, and then goes in the first round to Austin. Um, was there anybody like that this year who you thought kind of, was maybe a lesser known before they showed up and then kind of blew people away with their, either their speed or their, you know, um, that cohesiveness that you mentioned kind of in the 10 on tens. Yeah, there's definitely a name that comes to mind. Uh, he is a good friend of mine, so I'm a bit biased, but DJ Selby, uh, stepped up and played one of the fly half roles. Um, and during the scrimmage, you know, everybody's running the ball pretty hard, right? And, and there's not a whole lot of strategic kicking play, but he had at least two, maybe three 50-22s um, and was able to kind of pin that ball back. Uh, DJ's a guy coming out of rugby HTX um, who's been in the Houston youth system for quite a while, part of the U23 Pathways program last year in the fall. Um, but one of those guys that you know, isn't necessarily going to be a big name because he's not out playing at a big college, right? He's following a different MOR pathway. And, you know, the ultimate test for a GM is, is he ready to make the jump? Everything I saw this weekend was, you know, he kind of looked like a man amongst boys. Um, that was my in, inflection and, and what I saw. But like I said, I'm a little biased when it comes to DJ because he is my guy. Uh, but as far as tens goes, he was definitely – head and shoulders up there. Um, there were some forwards that jumped out. I saw on the show notes, you had the uh, Matuku brothers there. Um, they stayed at, at the Denver Barbarians rugby house. So uh, a couple more guys that we were able to help out uh, through a Notre Dame college connect. Uh, Mark Matuku is a big body. I believe that's the younger brother. Um, Jeff is kind of more of a speedy winger. So I think like anything right scouts always want your measurables like oh man you're big we could we could put 20 more pounds of muscle on you and there there is kind of that football approach right anytime you have a combine it's we want to see your raw skills and imagine what our snc's can do with you um so mark stood out from a physicality standpoint um 
But one more Notre Dame college player also stood out, and I told him before his, his name is Mikey Aboa. He's not an inch over 5'6", five, 5'7", five, uh, a little speedy winger. I said, Mikey, no one's ever, ever going to remember if you go for an intercept try and you miss. But if you get one and you hit, they'll all talk about it. And sure enough, <laughs> minute mark, he just stepped in and took a pass to the house. So I was really happy to see that out of Mikey. You guys Amazing. tell me about Notre Dame College because I was able to talk with Coach Fox, I believe it is, about these guys before I put them up in the house. Obviously, got to do a little background checking before I'm going to help someone out. But, you know, they were upstanding guys. And um, what, what do you guys know about that program? And, and why are we seeing a lot of recruits out of the Cleveland area? I, I don't know. I mean, I think they're definitely, you know, um, an up-and-coming program uh, on that side of things. We got a chance to talk to a few of them at the uh, May Madness Sevens event as well. They were uh, they were pretty solid presence. They're a, a bunch of like you talk about, you know, size of uh, the uh, Mark Rituku being, you know, one for power and, and size. That whole squad was basically just really thick bodied, uh, hard nosed runners. Um, I think the Midwest is really an untapped kind of uh, market for, for rugby. In this case, you get a lot of, uh, you know, ex football guys or, or just kind of athletes out in, in, in the Midwest who are looking for uh, another sport. If they don't make it to, you know, the college level, like a, a Wisconsin football or something like that, they're looking to play sport of rugby. Um, don't know much about like, you know, the, the, why Notre Dame college has gotten to be as prominent as it is, but I, I think they're just, they're drawing from a really great player base out that way. And they seem to be recruiting well, uh, with some international players as well. So um, I, I think uh, they're just doing a really good job of, of kind of getting, getting the right people in the building there. Yeah. Like you said, they made some noise and made madness. They made it all the way to the plate final in that competition, played some great rugby and you touched on the international players. I think they just signed somebody from Ireland uh, to play for the upcoming season. They've had uh, that kid McDonald from Australia do you feel like colleges that, that want to go varsity are almost over-recruiting from an international standpoint and maybe overlooking some Americans? Because I know a program in Fort Dodge, Iowa, by the name of Iowa Central, a two-year community college, is absolutely kicking ass, and they don't even need internationals, right? They just recruit Americans and make it work. Uh, you know, Coach Brent Nelson over there really knows what he's doing. I guess I'll kick it to you guys and say, you know, yes, Lindenwood is, is a sexy school to have an Aussie come over here and eventually get his green card by way of, of school. Do you think these, these limited varsity programs are a little too international hungry or is it what we need to kind of grow the standard? Well, you really turned the tables on us here. You're asking us all these tough questions on our own pod, man. This guy's a here. pro. This guy's a pro. No, I, I, I think it's a great question. I think it gets at, you know, the heart of you ask those same questions at the MLR level too, is, you know, like, should we be bringing all these international stars in uh, when we have a lot of, we're trying to develop talent here at home at, at the professional level, at the college level. I, I do think that there probably is an over-reliance on, on, you know, expats from South Africa who come in, you know, these guys, when you look at them at, you go see them at a tournament in, in person, this huge, like hulking, you know, like, or like 23 year old guys, 22 year old guys who played rugby their whole life. Um, and they're, they're obviously it's, it's good to have those kinds of players and they definitely make your team better. Uh, especially at the, at the, you know, the, the really subtle, the positions that require kind of like a, a, a heavier skill set, like the fly half position or a prop. 
Um, but I think it does hurt the game overall. I mean, the argument you could make, I guess, is that it's great for our American players to play those guys regularly, you know, like at Iowa seat, you know, I was community college, like they play those teams at regular tournaments and yeah, maybe five years ago, they were losing by 50 points three years ago. They're losing by 40 points. You know, I think we are closing that gap slowly. So um, I would like to see teams like Lindenwood look a little bit closer to home for some of these players, but at the same time, it's an invaluable experience to, to have some of the actual you know, American talent play these guys that are coming in and, and, or looking to play rugby, you know, at, at a professional level. So uh, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Colby, is there anybody uh, from the Iona Gales this year (laughs) we're talking about? Cause I mean, we know it's got to come up. My man, he's listened, he's listened to our show. (laughs) He knows it's got to come up. Um, Cam DiGiorgio, how can we not talk about him? I think he's a guy that can fit into almost any major league rugby team out there right now. Does it all as the eight man uh, for Iona is an incredible workhorse. You know, he's going to, you know what you're going to get from Cam. And that's just a good kid with a good head on his shoulders. That's going to work hard. And I haven't so, seen his uh, name you, on you think- the uh, the roster yet, Colby. His, he hasn't declared for the draft yet. He's got to get on that. That deadline's coming up, man. He wouldn't want to miss that. So you got to give him a call. I'll, I'll shoot him a text. <laughs> I was actually going to reach out to him. Um, Funny, funny you mentioned it. So, you have a question, and it's something that we might have DM'd about or, or chatted about before. But do you feel, in a way, that if players start to feel that maybe the draft is unfair, like it puts them in a negotiating box, um, will guys just start skipping it, playing a year of club rugby, and then hitting the market a year later? And being able to negotiate with 15 teams instead of, you know, the free jacks who drafted you in the third round and you don't really have much negotiating leverage. I'm just picking an example there. Um, But do you feel as though players will kind of smarten up about how to best bring their value to the negotiation table? And honestly, it might not even be a case of players smartening up because they're doing it in a way now when you see guys get sent down during the season or when they're not being selected, they go play with the club affiliates of the MLR teams and they start and get minutes that way. And so they're kind of getting the feel for it now where it's like the word gets around that maybe this might be the best route to take. And so I I think you're, that's a great point uh, that you bring up. You saw with Connor Buckley, um, I hate to bring up another Iona guy, but <laughs> his first year playing for New York, he wasn't getting playing time. And after the season, he played at Nyack the entire summer, 15s, you know, got reps, got minutes, goes into the next year, you know, he was starting for the first five games for New York and had them undefeated at one point. So, you know, word gets around uh, with players, I think. And that's definitely going to be something that you'll see. Yeah, you just don't want guys starved of minutes, right? So if you're drafted and you show up to camp, and even if you make like that Ford list of 40, right, or 45 on the official roster, and it's very clear that you're not going to be a starter, you know, it's tough to just hold a bag and not play rugby. You need guys to develop. So hopefully something with the insurance can be figured out where guys can go up and down freely. And if they don't get drafted, boom, clubs are right there to snatch them up, 
getting the home and, and have these guys get minutes because I think a lot of these college guys, they leave their college scene, which is if, a, if it's a well-run program, really structured, really organized, be here at this time, this and that, boom, now you're 21 out in the world, you're, you're negotiating contracts, you're trying to find the way in this kind of uh, landmine of a, of a rugby landscape that we got here. And yeah, I just don't want guys to kind of get swallowed up by the dreams of playing in the MLR if they're not ready yet. The club scene can certainly use guys uh, ages 21, 22, and 3 and maybe season them a bit uh, before they take that step up. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as who was there and, and the talent at TRS, um, yeah, like some really top guys. I think, you know, I, I, it's hard to put a number on it, right, because you can't get in the head of these GMs. Um, you don't really know what the team need is. But the MLR is certainly trying to incentivize teams to home grow and, and to sign um, American players, right? There was a lot of talk about salary cap, this, that, people kind of cheating the system. So, you know, given the, the penalty we saw with LA and Austin, you might see teams really kind of dial back uh, their ambitions maybe with their salary cap and, and just focus on, on Americans coming up, even if the contracts aren't like jump out of your shoes money. Yeah. So I, I have two points kind of off of what you were talking about. I mean, it, there were, MLR GMs, you know, and people involved in the game at that level that want to do away with the college pathway kind of completely and focus on academy sides, you know, like they do in, in Europe. Um, and that would kind of, that would kind of guarantee you playing time because uh, you're, you're playing other academy sides and, and you're, you know, you have a kind of distinct pathway uh, to get up to where I know some MLR clubs, you know, have probably more robust uh, academy sides than others. Um, I just don't know if that's going to work. If you want the the sport to be viable here, you have to make it somewhat familiar to the casual American sports fan. Who's not also a rugby fan already, you know? So that's what my, you know, my thought is just on, on keeping the college pathway the same. Um, but like your, to your point, again, the second thing on that, the follow-up is that the, all levels of the game have to be in better communication with each other and working together on these kinds of things. Like you mentioned, you know, communication is, is somewhat lacking between different aspects of the game, uh, in this country, you know, you, the club teams have to be able to be there to catch these guys that don't, you know, that either don't make it right away in the MLR or something like that. And I, I the MLR has to be willing to work with those clubs, you know, as kind of like a, I don't want to say a farm system or a minor league kind of deal, but like a, a place where you can put guys to get meaningful minutes. And I think everybody's just trying to do their own thing uh, so much that it, it's, it's impossible to work as one kind of cohesive unit, um, which I think, you know, the, the academy system might solve, but, you know, that's just not, that's just not the way it works in America. It's not the way it's structured here in the States. So I just don't think that would catch on. How many projected rounds are there going to be for this year's draft? That's a good are question. They, I think are they keeping similar, it at three? Similar. I think they were year? keeping it at three. And do you think the player pool is deep enough to justify that? They have a better case for it this year, considering we've seen we've seen more guys play. You know, we've seen more rugby. It, it's just a fact, considering COVID and everything from last year. We didn't get a lot of rugby leading up to last year's draft, so you can make the argument that. You know, you could justify having three rounds, maybe even another if they wanted to make a change or see enough talent. I 
I think if uh, the teams are dedicated enough, you could you could find enough guys to fill out three rounds of, of rugby. I mean, they're not all going to come from the the programs that were on the rugby network all the time. You know, we're streaming all over the place. Uh, but I, I think you could find enough. It, it's worth it just to take shots on, like you said, guys with the measurables. You know, the athletes who you get them in the building, give them a year. Um, you know, holding the bag or maybe less, or just get them with your, you know, skill guys and, and see what they could do. I, I would take a shot on, you know, as many athletes as possible uh, before the Raptors snap them all up. You know, I, I would, I would get as many people in the building as, as I could. So I, I hate to see teams trade those draft picks away for international slots. Um, and I definitely think there are enough quality athletes who, who want to make it at the next level to fill out all three of those rounds for sure. I'll be there in the late rounds. I just uh, I wonder if they're going to make the jump and have an old Kamish Killebrew there to give everybody a kiss and a hug. Uh, <laughs> Will there ever be a live draft, or is it just going to be a snipe show? Give me a live draft. I need it. They could do it right at Rugby Town when everybody's there in Colorado. They can make a whole thing out of it. I've heard Matt McCarthy talk about it. <laughs> Again, we, we talk about alignment of events and, and wasted opportunities. Granted, COVID pushed everything online from podcasts to shows to this and that. But the way the NFL has always done it and made it an event and kind of dominated a random off-season weekend is, you know, the event-based thing. Um, now, until the slotted money and guaranteed money is really worth it, it's hard to, like, pop bottles you know, because your name got called in, in the third <laughs> round. What does that actually mean for you? Um, but I would love an in-person draft. That would be any time that rugby people are getting together, that's an awesome networking opportunity for me. And we'll get to the Eagles game, but I always say that the Denver rugby community is very spoiled um, because we get all these test matches. We get all this rugby out of Glendale all the time. There's a general massive expat community in Denver. Um, but I would love a live event. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't get anybody from Rugby Wrap-Up started on the production quality of any of the MLR uh, broadcasts. I think they have. there's a, uh, a lot of room for improvement there, and I would definitely love a live draft. Get all those guys from different programs in a green room, you know, waiting to hear their name called. That adds to the excitement. You're not standing in some weird room in front of a green screen, you know, having a jersey awkwardly handed to you, you know, it, it could be done really well. And I think it's, you got to give kids coming through college that, you know, that hope to look forward to, like, you know, I get to do cool shit from through rugby, you know, like I get to be in, in at an event that's, that's televised that feels like it's, you know, an important moment for me. Um, and that's how, that's how you improve the game. So yeah, I, hell yes. A live draft is necessary. Um, figure it out. I'm sure you could, we could do a podcast from with nothing. I'm sure they could figure out uh, how to get a live, live draft going. You don't need much for that. So um, if, if it was up to Matt, he'd have a bunch of kids in the, at the pig and whistle behind the green screen, <laughs> ready to rock. The hats. Yeah. It's up to yeah. that guy. Definitely. Yeah. I know you don't have a crystal ball and you can't get in the heads of GMs, but um, just like the, the big, powerful football schools like to brag about how many first rounders they have, <laughs> a college is going to come out on top from, from a sheer statistical standpoint of getting the most guys drafted. Is it Lindawood? Is, is Lindawood the new dog, top dog in college rugby? I, I want to say Lindenwood, 
Uh, I mean, they obviously crushed it last year, but I don't think the guys that are coming out this year were as dominant, um, you know, that uh, to to get that many guys in. I, I think they have a couple guys that I, I think will go. Uh, Evan Conlon, one of them, who's also at the showcase. Uh, Vargas Spangenberg, uh, his brother went last year. Uh, I mean, I, I that's a tough call. I I like. Um, I'll give you a shocker. I think I like the guys from Thomas More University. I think uh, Matthias Carmudi and, and Tomas Caceres are both going to go. And I think that might be the most at two, because I just don't see Linwood being as dominant this year. Colby, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, I like I like Penn State. I don't know. I think Penn State are going to have some guys that go in, in some of those rounds. But outside of them, I – I don't see anybody outside of Lindenwood um, topping the table this year. You might also see maybe Queens University of Charlotte, Doyle Hedgepeth and, and Chase Nevich were, were some really quality uh, players this year as well. Although prop prop and scrum half, you know, not a lot of props. I guess we've seen a few. Um, so it might be, it might be, you know, later on, but I think, I think you're, I think you'll see an upset this year. I don't think it'll be Lindenwood that, that dominates again. Although they have a, a, a crap load of guys in the draft again. Um, I'm just thinking here, like it, it could be the talent and the players and, and well-deserved on their front. But, but I was thinking I, I've learned this through a program that I started with the Denver barbarians called rugby rent scholarships, where we essentially like, we want to find really, really good guys off the pitch that want to grow. Um, so the interviewing process is very extensive, the reference process. I imagine some of these GMs who are watching so much film and don't have any time, they probably rely on the coaches a bunch to really give a self an honest assessment. So the team that has the most draft picks will probably be the coaches that give the most detailed feedback and, and sell their guys, you know, uh, a good coach is just recruiter it's someone who makes sure their guys are taken care of at the next level um you know so maybe josh macy's hammering the phones on behalf of of his lindenwood players maybe you know some of these schools where you see a bunch of names and you're like i don't remember them being a very good rugby team but you know maybe their coaches are are just good and good at selling their guys but also really good networkers right because coaches they and good mlr gms should have every single college coach, right? Uh, available to reach out to and, and have some sort of relationship there, right? Because you're always plucking from that pathway. Um, do you guys know any coaches out there, maybe big names that we already know of or, or up and coming coaches on the college landscapes that's just killing it and, and you're hearing good things about? I think um, I think Betty Bataleona over at Adrian um, who we've had on the pod in the past is an up and coming uh, coach. Their program was, was great um, in there. They've just started as a program. Uh, and I, I don't, don't know how many connections he has at the major league rugby level, but I think he has a player. He has only one guy in the draft this year because they're such a young team. Um, and I guess that'll be a good test to see where it's Sam Williams. We'll see where he goes um, or more even declare for the draft. But I, I think he's a name to watch for sure. Um, coming up from the, at Adrian College, uh, Colby, you got anybody? Off the top of my head, I like T. Fletcher. I don't know how much he has to do with the 15 side of AIC's rugby program, but from what she's done in the few years on the sevens front, 
they I think they got um, a whole lot better from when we saw them in the fall of 2021 to May Madness. So she's somebody in that program that I think is one to watch for sure. And I think um, the coach at Queens University of Charlotte as well um, has really turned that program around. I mean, they had that great uh, documentary um, that they made about that program as well. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking up. I think it's um, yeah, Frank McKinney. Frank McKinney at Queens University Charlotte. Um, they have have really come on late uh, in the last couple of years uh, and run a really good run a really good program over there. Um, and they have a few guys in the draft this year as well. Uh, and so I think he, he's put his players in a really good spot going forward as well. So going back to Adrian College, you guys have have the connection there with that coach. Was the prospect from there that you mentioned Joshua Gatewood? I see Sam Williams is the only one from Adrian College so far um, who's declared for the draft. We read scholarships on Instagram, and then I was like, oh, Adrian College just gave them a follow, and now I got to follow back. So looks like your coach is out there doing the work on Instagram. Um, it's Look crazy that. that I say that as a joke, but this is how you recruit um, today, right? I, I – I'm running the Barbo sevens this summer, for example, right? And there's a lot of kids, 20, 21, whatever. They're all on Instagram all the time, sharing, DMing. Um, that's the new recruiting ground. So the, the more tech savvy and, and social media savvy the coaches, uh, the better they're going to do on the recruiting front. It's crazy that I'm even saying that out loud, but I'm, I'm here with the gram follows right now. Just I'm about to follow Nazareth College. You say they're good, I'm following them. Good. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nas rugby. There you go. Give them a follow. But that's some of the ways that's some of the only ways I can even watch some games or follow some games even too. Cause the, like the video is so inconsistent. Like I'm following on Twitter, on Instagram, just to get any sort of updates from a lot of these programs, you know, on the men's, on the women's side, uh, Penn state uh, had a really great strong Twitter game this year. Uh, I really appreciate it, especially on the women's side, the, the updates I got from those matches. Um, and I'll say life university women's have a pretty strong Twitter presence as well. Uh, so I, I'm a Twitter guy myself, but uh, those are some fun programs to follow when they're in season. So um, well, I can leave you guys with anything. The NCR is gaining so much momentum that Colorado school minds were joining. I hell yeah. Chain. It's going to be, I mean, the, the small kind of college scene in, in Denver is school of minds, DU uh, Regis university, New Mexico tech. And it used to be uh, New Mexico uh, Highlands, the Vatos, uh, but they kind of had a rough go with COVID and basically didn't have enough players. But I know the those four colleges are now going to move over. But again, I don't understand. Apparently, you can play in both leagues and have your games count for both. So I guess everybody's in USA Rugby and everybody's in NCR. All I know is that NCR is growing. I like what they're doing. Uh, Colorado school minds are going to have a go at it this year. So maybe we'll see you in May madness. Yeah. Hell yeah. Looking forward to that. Are you breaking news on here? Does anybody know that that move is happening? Or what? <laughs> oh, yeah. There, there's an NCR movement in Colorado. It's happening. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's strange, right? Because, you know, I just stepped down as coach. I'm, I'm pursuing other things and my heart and soul is still with, with my guys. Um, but I just like to coach. Right. So, Halfway through this fall season, my players are asking me, like, are we in NCR? Are we this or that? And I had to, like, go listen to your show to get updated um, and understand what the hell was going on. Because 
in my eyes, a coach should just have to show up with a game plan and leave the men. The administrators are making this so cloudy. They're yeah. rugby community. I'm just, I'm not good at the politics, um, but I want what's best for the players. And, and if NCR is better at delivering good quality rugby, then, then so be it. Let's roll with the hot hand. Excellent. Well, yeah, Brendan, thanks for coming on with us. I know we took up a lot of your time here. I appreciate it. Anything oh, you want to plug, anything you want to plug before we let you go, any of your content, any uh, upcoming matches you want people to check out, anything like that? Well, uh, hopefully my Barbells will be competing in nationals, uh, sevens, whenever they announce that. Uh, as always in USA Rugby, we're always a bit, bit late to the draw on our announcements. Hearing St. Louis, we'll see. Um, and lastly, yeah, if you're a young college rugby player, if you're just a young rugby player in your 20s, um, go to RugbyRentScholarships.com. We provide affordable housing for players that want to grow on and off the pitch. Obviously, the rugby piece is the Barbos, uh, but the off-field piece is more mentorship, career building, skill building, uh, yeah, and just community service, really. Uh, we, we ask that players kind of pay it back and, and coach rugby and really build up the grassroots. So, again, that's rugbyrentscholarships.com and pay the rent. Um, that's all I got for you guys. I really love the show. Um, who came up with the name The Drink Up? That was Keep me. It. Keep yeah. it. <laughs> it is what it is. Just, just yeah. lean into it. Yeah. We, it'll still be around. It'll still, we're we're shifting our content landscape at rugby wrap up, but the drink up will definitely be around for sure. I promise. It's in the lab. It's in the lab. Oh, got you under the umbrella. He's trying yes. to build a network. I get it. Exactly. We're taking but, over. You can't can't beat rugby wrap up coverage. Matt's the hardest working guy in the business. Um, I really don't understand how he did a show for. 17 straight weeks with that clown John Bradshaw Lacey. <laughs> uh, props to Matt. Um, yeah, no. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting world. Like, I, I did rugby pick on back in 2018 as just a gag, just to see if I could get my chops on podcasts. And, you know, 100, 100 pods later, it's like, yeah, I'll hop on a podcast. I'm not scared of that. It's, it's a skill that you just learn by doing. So I appreciate you guys doing the work keeping the rugby community informed of the college scene because it's just really great to see players get that opportunity and you know football's done at 21 unless you're a pro you can play rugby so long that's always my pitch to these guys is go to ask rugger fest and you'll see the 55 65s running on like if, if you want to stick with it you can and it's great it's for life well thanks uh yeah brendan Thanks for coming on. We we asked you some questions. You asked us some better questions and we'll hopefully uh, we'll see you around at some events uh, in in the future. We'll, we'll chat again for sure. Guys, you guys come to Denver first beers on me. Hell yeah. Brandon, we appreciate the love brother. Safe travels, man. All right, guys. Well, that was Brendan Shea. Uh, yeah, make sure, you know, you go again to rubbyreds.com and, and follow the, the Denver Barbarians and everything Brendan's involved in. But Colby, I mean, what a great conversation that was for our first episode here. Yeah, that dude is a jack of all trades. Great, great guy. Uh, showed a lot of love to Rugby Wrap-Up. Is obviously a big fan, and we're a big fan of his now. So we can't wait to continue uh, staying in contact with Brendan for sure. 
that's gonna be great. It's good to make friends in, in the in the rugby community. And wow, we got a free drink rain for us in Denver. So we'll have to get out there at some point. And uh, I want you guys to all keep listening to us as well and make friends with us and be part of our crew. Follow us on socials. We're going to launch uh, uh, some college rugby specific socials coming soon. But what we have launched already is our new and improved Patreon account. So I don't know if you know what Patreon is. It's not a paywall. Trust me, all of the content that we have made and, and will make uh, going forward, regular stuff is going to be available for free. Uh, but if you want to help us make that content and make it better and and make more content and get more people involved in this in this space, go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash rugby wrap up and help us out with any kind of uh, money that you can. Um, if you're able to give three bucks a month, you know, that goes a long way for us in, in helping us with what we do and making what we do uh, better. And we'll be able to engage with you guys a little bit more with some exclusive Patreon content. We'll get you some bonus perks. Uh, you'll be able to at certain tiers, talk with us and help us kind of form our coverage. Um, so it's a great opportunity to engage with us more. And if you like what we do, help us do it more and better. Uh, so we'll, we'll hopefully see you on there as well, but if not stick with us on our feed, like I said, we're coming at you now until forever with college rugby, baby. It started, Colby. Can you feel it? Oh, I feel the vibrations, Zach. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah, but guys, seriously, hit us up on Twitter. If you have any recommendations or just want to shoot the shit about rugby, um, we're always just open to ideas. And, you know, we want to grow this game with you. We want to grow this platform with you. So it's, uh, you know, all hands on deck here. You said it, man. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for us. Colby, why don't you take us out with uh, with some thoughts for the the gang here? Just George, yeah, take us out. You want me to start singing? No, I, don't sing. I, Just I, give I us. If you want to sing, go sing, man. Do you? Rugby wrap up. It's the college show. Hey, hey. That was amazing.